0: Caps fan! Welcome to the latest edition of the Nova Caps podcast for Thursday, June 2nd, 2016. This podcast is brought to you by the fine team at Washington Capitals Fans of Northern Virginia. Nova Caps! Checks out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course our website at NovaCaps.com. And now, the podcast team of Game B, Scott Zweigel, George Pasikas, and Craig Lukey. Take it away, gang!
1: Thank you, Craig. It's good to be back. It's good to see you all. Vacation was wonderful, but I did miss you guys. I miss you guys a little bit. George, I miss you in Bermuda, man. Craig, miss you in Boston. Scott, I didn't really miss you that much. I'm not going to lie to you. But hey, it's good to be back. Uh, we're ready to talk some Caps hockey with everybody. So let's get started with the offseason and stuff. So with this off season, we have a few free agents to talk about. First, let's talk about the restricted free agents. Uh, Marcus Johansson, um, Dmitry Orlov, Tom Wilson, Mike Richards, and Michael Latta will all be restricted free agents. Scott, who do you see us re-signing? Well, uh, Mike Weber and Mike Richards will be unrestricted free
2: agents there, Gabe. Um, on the restricted free agent side, side, I uh, I believe the Caps will go first at Tom Wilson to lock him up to a two to three year bridge deal. Um, keep him in the fold, move him up to the third line or second line if possible. And um I think the caps at a value will look at Michael Latta as well at center, giving him a couple years. He's only five hundred and seventy five thousand this year, even giving him a ten percent qualification raise. I think he could come in well under seven fifty and be a good serviceable fourth line center and or um fourteenth or thirteenth forward.
3: Um George, what do you think? Yes, uh, I, I do think that Wilson, I definitely agree with you that Wilson will definitely be the key piece to lock up. But the but the most interesting challenge for Brian McClellan going in with, as far as the restrictive free agents go, is going to be Marcus Johansson. Obviously he's coming off the one year deal worth 3.75 million. Uh, he had 46 points this year. So, he's most likely going to be seeking a long-term deal and probably a bit of a bump in pay. The major question for Brian McClellan with Marcus Johansson is where does he fit in the lineup next year? Is he going to be in the Capitals top six? Is he going to be in the bottom six? Where is Marcus Johansson going to fit in the moving forward? And if he decides that he's not part of the future plans, then could Marcus Johansson become a trade piece to another team?
1: i got two questions for you. First, do you think, how much money do you think Marcus is going to ask? And then if he's asking too much, what can we do with him? Well,
2: Gabe, that's a great question. Last year when he went to arbitration, Johansson asked for $6.1 million and the Capitals came in at three, and the arbitrator gave him a one-year deal at 3.75. Um, Johansson is arbitration eligible again this year, and the Capitals will qualify him to hold his rights, so they only have to give him a 10% raise offer. But he's gonna come back in and say, look, I'm not gonna take that, that qualification offer. I'm arbitration eligible. I'm gonna go back in and ask for another $6 million, because." I had eight fewer games this year. I scored almost the same number of points. He was one point shy of his last year total, and he was a plus eight, plus he played on the power play. I think the Caps' realistic choice here is to qualify Johansson, hold on to his rights, roll into this year's draft, and say, look, sorry, Marcus, we've got Burakovsky playing left wing on the second line. We've got kuznetsov and backstrom as our toggles at the numbers one and two center and you don't play right wing so we're not paying five plus million dollars and locking you up to a long-term deal to play on the third line or even worse to not play period if a guy like riley barber or Jakub verona comes around and takes a a, a cheap young roster spot i think they take that qualified rights to marcus Johansson and they trade him to a a team that needs to rebuild, a team that has the cap space to pay him, and they open up that third-line roster spot to sign someone else, to bring some better scoring, better possession, and someone who will be worth four and a half to $5 million.
1: Yeah, on the third line, $6 million is an awful lot. And if he's playing center, I think Jay Beagle could do a great job at the third center position. But we'll just have to see with that. So the unrestricted free agents on the team are Jason Chimera, Michael, Mike Richards and Mike Weber, Craig, do you see any of these guys coming back to the caps next season?
0: All right. So I'm looking at the list here and, you know, Chimera has got some years on him. He's 37 years old right now. Um, I really like the guy. I don't want to lose him. Um, Weber. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not a fan of Weber. That's my own personal thing. I'd rather see him go, but Chimera, I would like to see him stay. Uh, matter of fact, uh, looking at NovaCaps.com, the fans out there said 50-50 whether we should get rid of him or keep him. I don't know what the guys think, but I would like to keep him.
3: I think, you, I think you keep Chimera if the deal and the price is right. I think that they should try and stick to a one-year deal, Um, maybe stick to a million, a million and a half million dollars. He doesn't. He, he won't have to play every night. Some uh, A younger player could possibly come up and, and take some of the ice time away. And Chimera should probably at this point be considered for the cap, one of the Capitals' fourth line spots instead of the third line. So I, I think Chimera should come back if the price is right. George,
2: I think you're spot on. Uh, I've penciled in Chimera as the fourth line left wing at about 1.5 million dollars, which is a slight reduction from the 2 million he made on his last contract. You know, he'll put in 10 to 15 goals as a fourth liner, getting uh, 10, 11 minutes a night. And you know, when those old man Chimera wheels slow down a little bit, you can slot in a young guy like Nate Walker on that fourth line left wing to come bring some speed and some edge and to, to help develop. And then then you're not really costing the Caps a lot, and you're getting double the value out of that fourth line left wing.
1: Scott, do you see Mike Richards re-signing with this team any chance?
2: I, I do not, Gabe. Um, I don't think from a money perspective and from what Richards would want, and really the question is what the Caps thought they were getting and bringing him on mid-season. He played a good penalty-killing role. He was decent on the fourth line. But two goals was not enough. They thought they were getting a guy that had some scoring touch left in the tank. And I really don't think he has it. If he finds a place in the NHL, it's not going to be on the Capitals. And I wish him the best of luck.
1: I do wish Richards the best of luck. I did. I thought he was a great penalty killer for the team. But other than that, I didn't see him doing too much out there. But Stay hopefully, away from
2: the Oxycontin, but I yeah. wish him luck.
1: Ooh, ooh. ooh. So, Sorry, I had to go there. My bad. <laughs> So after the 2017 season, we're looking at two big names on the team with their contracts expiring, namely Kuznetsov and TJ Oshie. George, do you see either of these guys getting contract extensions this summer?
3: Yes, I do. I believe that as far as I'm concerned, Kuznetsov is probably going to get a long deal since he's the younger player of the two. Um, He's definitely... He's shown that he can play with Ovechkin on the top line. He can play on the power play. He led the Caps and Points this year. Kuznetsov is a part of the Capitals' young future, uh, the future players. So, So Kuznetsov is definitely a key piece for the team. TJ Oshie, another guy, while he's in his prime right now, he will probably get a nice lengthy contract to stay on with the team. He definitely was one of the Capitals' best playoff performers this year, and he's just a natural fit on the top line with with Ovechkin and, and o, with uh, Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, or with Backstrom. So both players are definitely part of the Capitals' future, and Kuznetsov is probably in more for the long haul. Scott, do you agree with this assessment of those two? <laughs>
2: Uh, with Kuznetsov and Oshi, <clears throat> I believe, guys, that they will both get long-term deals to stay on the Capitals. Oshi's value is absolutely immeasurable to what he's brought to that first line, his part, his work ethic, his goal scoring, the way he's connected with the fans, the way his family has really been accepted in D.C. Um, I think Oshi's going to get five to six-year extension this year, probably in the realm of North of 5.7 million, between 5.7 and probably 6.3. Kuznetsov, right about the same. I mean, right now he's making three million dollars. He's an RFA next summer. I see him getting about Baxter money, around uh, six and a half, maybe. He'll probably get the maximum eight-year extension um, under the CBA, and I think he's worth it. I mean, just like Holpe last year. I mean, back that truck of money up to him. The kid's got creativity. He's got flair. He fits with Ovechkin. Only getting better. Only getting better. Right, Gabe? I mean, he just, he didn't have a great end of the season. He didn't have a great playoffs. I think games wore on him. I think he was bruised and beat up a little bit. But that type of coming along at the end of the season happens as you get to be a veteran. Guys like Ovechkin get better as the season goes on. I see that happening for Kuznetsov as he ages. Um, Another person we're not talking about that's going to be a UFA next year is Justin Williams. I mean, Craig, like you said, like Chimera, Williams is an old guy. I mean, he's 34 now. He's turning 35 this fall. He'll be on the verge of 36 before he's a UFA next year. I mean, is he the kind of guy, given what he brought to the table, that you guys would want to see signed to an extension? What do you think, Craig?
0: That's exactly what I was going to ask you, because I'm looking at that. He's 34 now. He'll be 36 at that point. It's almost the same thing as Shimera. Uh, so is it a guy that can help teach the younger guys, or do we let him go, or what? Now, let me throw this back at you, Scott. I'm looking at all these ages here. we go: got 30, Baxter 28, Oshie 29. Explain to me how they look at this. All these UFAs coming up in 2017, 2018, and the RFAs, what do they think about when they go start looking at this? We have a long list coming up next year. Uh, where are they well, gonna look at when they go looking at the people at Hershey or whatever in the trade market?
2: Well, the first thing the team looks at, Craig, is what the salary cap is going to be projected at for those given years. And given the current collective bargaining agreement, you have certain rules that you can resign your own players versus going out and getting a free agent. So a guy like Kuznetsov, who's currently 23 years old, he makes $3 million, he's an RFA, restricted free agent. The Capitals will own his rights at the end of next year. A guy like him can be signed to a max eight year deal and really sky's the limit. You want to hold on to those super valuable in-house developed, massively talented guys, and you wanna take them through the crest of their best years of their National Hockey League career, like Ovechkin's run. I mean, we never knew what we were gonna get after his first year meteoric goal scoring. They went out and signed him to a 16-year contract at the end of his, um, his initial deal, his entry-level deal, and, of course, a guy like Ovechkin's gonna pay it off, and you see talent in Kuznetsov to do it, too. Oshie, on the other hand, is a veteran. He's not yet 30, he's shown he can score, he's shown he fits in on this team. He will be an unrestricted free agent next year, which means the Capitals will not hold his rights. He could go to free agency, play around, and look for a max deal, but a guy like him wants to win. and He wants to be on a team with the highest potential to win a cup, and I think the Capitals still will be contending for not just next year's one-year window. I think they'll have roughly a five-year window to continue to contend. Oshie will have to see, do I take six million on the caps to stay here with what I've established in D.C., or do I take four to five years at a million dollars more somewhere else? And that might be a crapshoot for him. But really what Brian McClellan's gonna look at when he looks at the board and restricted free agents versus unrestricted free agent. He's gonna look at the value that someone's brought to the team to date. Did we draft this guy? Did we trade for this guy? What do we give up for this guy? What's he brought to the table? Where's his salary fall in comparisons to other guys that give us that number of goals, assists, penalty minutes, plus minus. Where are they gonna slot him top six, bottom six? Is he a, a top two D pairing guy? Is he a power play quarterback? They have a massive board at Capitals headquarters of all the current owned contracts, where the guy is playing, how much they're paying him, and they move these magnets up and around the board all the time based on what the coaching staff and the scouts talk about. And this is how they look at the draft. They go to the draft thinking, if we're not gonna slot Marcus Johansson in the top six and we're gonna trade the rights to that contract, we need a third line left winger that can put in 18 to 25 goals, play 13 minutes, maybe be a secondary penalty killer, maybe a secondary power play player. Who are we gonna go after? So they're looking at this big board of UFAs and RFAs that all the other teams are gonna be giving up now, and they're looking at guys like restricted free agent from the Rangers, Chris Kreider. The Rangers won't be able to afford him. They're right up against the cap. They got four other guys to pay. They got guys on no movement clauses they can't get rid of. So maybe we go after an RFA with wheels, with scoring ability, who we'd love to see in a Caps jersey, but we hate to see in a Rangers jersey, and we go after a guy like that. Or, Craig, do we go after a UFA, a guy like Andrew Ladd, who's put up an average of 28 goals for five seasons, he can put up 50 points, he can play your second power play, he's got Possession numbers 10 times better than Marcus Johansson and he's bigger and he's stronger than Marcus Johansson so Brian McClellan and the scouting staff have this massive job in front of them and they they have to make a logical assessment about Everybody all 48 contracts currently in the organization and guys They may want to try to afford that are currently not in the organization. It's it's really it's a huge job and it takes legal skills, it takes economist skills, it takes budget skills, and it takes smart people in the front office to truly assess the value a player would bring to the Capitals.
1: Scott, can I enter your name into the conversation for a position in the Capitals front office?
2: I have been applying every year. <laughs> I have been sending my resume to ted at Caps. Ted at Monumental Sports, Uncle Ted at WashingtonCapitals.com. Please give me a job. I want to be the, the GM. George McPhee sucked. I deserve the job at WashingtonCapitals.com. Believe me, I've been sending my resume, and they, they haven't quite responded back yet.
1: Scott, another interesting question for you regarding Brooks Orpik. So he's getting older, and he is costing a lot of money. Do you see in maybe two years or one year, us possibly trading him away to just get rid of the money and if he's aging and getting hurt all the time do we really need him on the team
2: well I will say that would be something the caps would love to do two years from now a he's got a no movement clause so going to a player and saying will you waive your no movement clause to leave the contending team so we can retain some of your salary and you can go somewhere else it's a really hard talk to have because the Rangers have been having it with old man Dan Girardi, who can't move his legs, he's missing games, he's an albatross of a salary and they got five more years to pay him too. If teams could that easily sign a guy to play for two to three years but then shed the other three to four years of a bad contract, you'd see this cap environment blow up again just like pre-lockout. Unfortunately, we're going to be dealing with Brooks Orpic and his contract well into maybe his 38th birthday. Plus, he needs to have a minor hip surgery. Plus, he gets banged up by the end of the year. Plus, he tries to take Olimata's head off, and I'm still mad at him. So, let's move on to talk about somebody else.
1: <sighs> <sighs> well, let's, let's talk about the draft a little bit. George, right now the Caps have the 26th pick in the first round. What do you see us doing with that pick and do you see us getting a pick for maybe a player like Johansson?
3: I definitely see that Gabe and the draft I, I suspect there could be a lot of activity that goes on right before it. So I'm not going to exactly pencil the Capitals in of having the 26th pick. Yeah. I mean that's where they that's where they are projected right yeah, now, but, Yes, but if they decide to hold on to that pick and take a player I would think, just gut feeling on this, that they will probably go after a forward, maybe a young center that has some skill that can grow into something. Um, That's just my gut feeling on where the Capitals would be. However, once again, you know that pick could be part of a major trade, or the Caps could decide to move up in the draft or move out of the first round completely to get more picks. So it's honestly, it's a crapshoot at this point. The Capitals stand at 26, but they may not end up staying right there. And so that's where the Capitals pretty much stand on, on that.
1: Scott, what do you think we're going to do with it? I think we're going to keep the twenty-sixth
3: pick
2: because if we trade Marcus Johansson, it's probably for a higher first rounder maybe this year or next year and probably a developable prospect for Hershey. But I think... If you just look at 26, that pick alone, there's a few good options for the Capitals. My sleeper pick for the Caps is a center, six foot, 200 pound, USHL, highly developable, left shot, good shooter, and a legacy of the Washington Caps. The son of former Capital Brian Bellows Kiefer Bellows is in this draft and the Caps love to take legacies. Anton Gossifson, uh, you know Bork's kid was drafted by the Caps they love a big NHL name and I loved Brian Bellows back in the late 90s in the role he served on that Stanley Cup uh, finals team with the Caps. Uh, I think Kiefer Bellows is a good possibility but like George said they're going to be looking at a forward with that pick because our defenseman depth is, is way deep I also like Cam Morrison, Canadian kid. He's committed to Notre Dame next year. He's super young right now, so you wouldn't need to bring him along for a few years. You'd still have time for the Jakob Baranas and Raleigh Barbers and Nathan Walkers of the world. And already at like 18 and draft eligible, he's 6'2", 215, plays left wing, center, shoots right. This kid's a beast and a half. He's like a left wing version of Tom Wilson with slightly better hands. So definitely the Caps have a decision to make on Mojo. Do you go out and you get a top 15 pick to go with this 26 pick? Um, Where do you land somebody at? Uh, Looking at the draft board, I don't think the Caps are going to make their way into the top 10. And like you said after that, George, anything can happen with draft picks. Unless your name is Malkin, Crosby, Stamkos, Ovechkin, you're not – you don't know what's going to happen with these guys. I mean, we could get another Sasha Pakaluk for all
1: we know. Who knows who that is? Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's always interesting around this time of the year.
0: Hey, guys, can I bring up what's on the website real quick? Uh, The fans over com have stated that we need to look for the best player, which I think is a cop-out answer, 48%. 34% said the defense, 18%. Said offense, and then right below that we had another uh, poll that said, "Do the Capitals have enough speed to win the Stanley Cup?" That said, guys, I haven't heard anybody talk about speed. Do you feel we need to attack attack the speed issue with this pick in the twenty sixth position, or how are we going to approach that with everything we just talked about?
2: <clears throat> Craig, Craig, I don't think whomever the Capitals draft at any position this year is going to affect at least next year's window for the Cup. So let's go out and get the best possible developable player for where we think we'll be two and three years down the road. Like I said, we are not in the top 10. You're getting developable depth right now. You're not getting a slam dunk affect your NHL team today player. So you go out and you get... Uh, a defenseman like Charlie McAvoy from the U.S. Under-18 Development Program, you get a Cam Morrison, a Kiefer Bellows. If you really, really, really want to go European and stick with the Swedes, that, that the Caps love the draft, you go out and get Carl Grundström. He's playing in the Senior Swedish League. He's older than 18. He's bigger than six feet. He shoots left. You know, maybe you go out and get a guy like him. But right now if you want speed in your organization you bring in a guy like nate walker to go out and play with an edge and fly on that left wing you let the reins off of tom wilson he's got a great set of wheels you got to let him use it so i think the caps are fast enough and adding a couple little pieces and it's not just speed i mean the penguins I, i hate to say this they are winning this Stanley Cup Finals, they're winning this postseason with not just speed, they're winning with depth and goal scoring. Haglin, Benino, Rust is scoring more goals than their top line, than Crosby and Malkin and sure Kessel's having a great postseason. The Capitals needed a scoring third line set of wings and we'd still maybe be talking about the Capitals playing hockey right now, not golf and how much vodka can Ovechkin drink while wearing a stick-to-the-script Washington
3: Capitals hat. I'm going to go vomit. George, take over. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important. One, one thing you mentioned when we were discussing the salary cap things, it's important in today's age because it's it's become such a young man's league. It's important in all, the, in all of the top teams, all the contending teams like the Penguins and the Blackhawks and the and the the Sharks and the Kings, they all have guys on their team. They have their high-priced players, but they also have guys that are still on like entry-level deals, and they still have a lot of youth that surrounds their their core guys. And that's very important in today's salary cap world, um, to have those guys, to have the youth on the team. And the Capitals have been very fortunate too with having young guys like Burakovsky and Kuznetsov and Wilson that are on cheap deals that surrounds their core group of players. So the Caps have to look at it and say, we have to fill this need, but they also have to think about if they can fill this need that they have on their team in-house. Could a guy like Vrana or Stevenson, two guys that have been mentioned throughout the, the last few weeks anyway, could those two guys come in and crack a roster spot, that would save, and if they can contribute, that would save the Caps some money, and they can still have other high-priced players around them.
2: George, that's a phenomenal point you bring up, because if you look in this Cap era and you look at these teams that have contended for the Cup recently or won it, you look at the Kings, and while they were winning Stanley Cups, they were bringing along Tanner Pearson, Tyler Toffoli, you know, a bunch of young guys. And now that they're not so much a contender, they've got people on huge contracts like Kopitar's extension, Jeff Carter's no-movement clause, Drew Doughty, John Quick. Now they've got decisions to make with their young restricted players. Same thing goes for Chicago. They've thrown buckets of money at Taves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, Crawford, and they've got Hossa, who's gonna be an old man for five more years on a no-movement clause contract. What do you do with Tara Vinan? What do you do with Panarin? What do you do with Shaw? What do you do with guys like that? Can they afford to keep uh, a young, low priced core? Same goes for the Rangers. You've got Girardi on a contract. You've got Henrik Lundqvist making $600 billion. You've got got guys like Nash. (laughs) They've got a very expensive team they've overpaid for. They can't afford Kevin Hayes and Chris Kreider and some of their other young talent. So the Capitals have to weigh that same scale. Do we throw a bucket of money at Kuznetsov and Oshie and, oh, by the way, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Holtby, and a bunch of other guys are on pretty decent-sized deals? And we forgot to mention next year, Burkovsky's going to be an RFA. Mm. And if you only get one year in arbitration out of keeping Marcus Johansson for God knows how much money, he's going to be an RFA again, but without arbitration rights. So it's a, it's a real... It's a real weighing process to say, do we bring in Jakob Varana at $900,000? Do we bring in a guy like um, Chandler Stevenson at $725,000? Are these valuable enough keys to plug into the organization to say we can have Ovechkin at $9.5 million and Chandler Stevenson at less than a tenth of that? This is what the NHL GMs have to do And I would love the job, but it's not my job right now, so we'll see what Brian McClellan does.
1: All right, guys. Let's let's talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. There's still hockey being played, unfortunately. So Game 2 is actually happening right now. Game 1, the Penguins won. George, we'll start with you. What are your predictions for these finals?
3: Unfortunately... I thought to myself that the winner of the Caps-Penguins series was gonna probably win the Stanley Cup, and I'm sticking to that. I believe the Penguins are gonna take it in seven. It'll be a hard-fought series, but I just think the the Penguins are just—it's their des- It just seems like whenever they beat the Capitals, it's their destiny to end up winning the Stanley Cup in the process. The Sharks haven't haven't been there yet, and the inexperience may show. The Penguins have a few guys that have already been there and done that. So they definitely have the slight edge and experience. So I'm going to take the Penguins in seven. Craig, what do you, what do you think on this one?
0: I'm cheating. Cause I'm looking at the scoreboard right now. The uh, <laughs> Penguins just scored on a power play. Um, I think the Penguins are going to win in five. I, I just think, I just think they're just too good right now. And they they're hitting on all cylinders they're not doing anything wrong, um, and they have a whole uh, sports network that's behind them. So you know, you know, NBC can't be more fans of of this. But no, I think it's uh, Penguins in five.
1: Scott,
2: well, um, I'm done vomiting and I've wiped my mouth. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see the Sharks win this series. I would love to see Joel Ward lift the cup. Heck, I'd love to see Joel Joe Thornton lift the cup um i think his beard alone could lift the cup that i would pay to see um but that burns unfor-
1: and joe thornton t- together could do it
2: exactly but unfortunately i have to agree with you guys i think the penguins have hit their stride at the right time uh nbc is behind them the referees are behind them the nhl is behind them um, and, and you know, like, like NBC said, Crosby has that twinkle in his eye right now, uh-huh. that boyish glare of just a winner. It's something we'll never know as Capitals fans, and I think you know I'm being facetious. But um, uh-huh. go Sharks!
3: Scott, I'd like to say one thing, too. No Capitals fans should be cheering for former Caps players that are playing for the Penguins right now. They shall remain remain nameless, but ever every, every Caps fan right now should be cheering for Joel Ward and the Sharks. Absolutely. Yeah, I I, too- lo- I
2: love Eric Fair as much as the next guy, but he chose the wrong jersey to put on. And like like they said in The Godfather, you're dead to me. You're dead <laughs>
1: <laughs> I too think the penguin I think the penguins are gonna win, I'm gonna say six games. They looked they looked tough in, in game one. In game two, they're up, like, like Craig said so far. But you know what? I'm a big basketball fan, too, so I'm going to probably be focusing most of my attention on that NBA final series. Sorry to say that to all the hockey fans out there. I love basketball, too. I know. It's hard to watch both. But, yep, yeah, go, go Sharks. Go Sharks. So that about wraps us up here at the Nova Caps podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Go Caps. Can't wait for October.